יאללה, let's get this show on the road. Assalamu alaikum and shalom aleichem and happy election day in the United States. Let's get this over with already. Wow, it's been a crazy four years. I hope they come to an end. That's, that's all I'm going to say about it. So, you know, if you're in the mood for some escapism or you're waiting for uh, results to come in, today's episode might come in handy. Uh, before I start, as always, please go to the website, amikaufman.com, where you can sign up for free for the podcast and newsletter to be delivered straight to your uh, inbox. And if you are so inclined, uh, feel free to support the podcast with a donation by pressing the donate button. So yeah, uh, my guest today is uh, Simcha Rothman. He was uh, recently named by the Israeli Financial Daily, The Marker, as one of the 100 most influential people in Israel. I know Simcha from my uh, TV days, hosting The Spin Room, a debate show, and um, Simcha, being the attorney that he is, was a fierce and formidable rival for the folks I put up against him. He's the co-founder and legal counselor of an NGO called Mishilut, that's the uh, Movement for Governability and Democracy, and he recently wrote a book called The Ruling Party of Bagats, How Israel Became a Legalocracy, which is a... Uh, basically uh, a tearing down of what he believes is the Israeli Supreme Court's uh, over-interventionism. Uh, Bagatz is the uh, uh, Hebrew abbreviation for uh, High Court of Justice. Now, I know I, I set out at the beginning of this uh, podcast journey to listen to everyone and anyone between the river and the sea, but I have to admit this one was a challenge. Simcha is a settler. He doesn't even live in a he does he doesn't live in a, in a settlement. He lives in an outpost. He he's hardcore Jewish right wing. Otherwise occupied is not supposed to be a debate podcast, but mm, I think at times this episode came close to that. But I'll let you be the judge. Tell me what you think. Here's me and Simcha. So wait a minute. Where, um, where, where are you right now? You're in you're in you're in Pnei Kedem, right? Yes, in my home. In your home in uh, Pnei Kedem, that's a it's a settlement in in Gush Etzion, like uh, like south of Jerusalem. By how how far is it? It's about um, in in Israeli terms, it's quite far, but it's very it's very uh, it's like twenty five minutes from from Jerusalem. Twenty five minutes. Right. 25 minutes that, drive. And that's where your office is in Jerusalem. That's where you that's yeah. where you go to work. So that's your commute every day. No, to my office it's a little bit longer, but uh, to to Jerusalem it's 25 minutes. To my office it's almost 50 minutes, but yes. Yeah, right, right. Well, geez, you're the, like the first settler that I'm interviewing so far in the in the podcast. I hope I don't lose any listeners. Yeah, you lose all your <laughs> all my Palestinian listeners and not only a settler, you're like in an outpost. You're you're hardcore. Yeah. You're the real thing. By the way, I'm kind of curious, you know, 
how how has the whole um pandemic thing been been affecting life for you has has it changed anything actually i i, I have to say i quite i enjoy it uh, i'm so, sorry i'm sorry uh, but i enjoy it um i enjoy it because i spend more time with my family um yeah i work more from home also my wife started working from home uh, because of this um mm-hmm. and uh and it's um it didn't change my life so much my office mm-hmm. can can work all the time and i just see more of my family which is like a both you see more of your family because i guess you were like when before this you were you were spending very long hours uh, away from home yeah usually it was going out before they wake up and coming late at night but now working from home some of the days it's uh, i enjoy yeah. it and uh um, it's very we have uh as you said in an outpost it's not crowded here the there is open mm-hmm. air wherever you go um, you don't really feel only on on the high holidays you felt uh a little bit different because you couldn't go but, but the regular days and day-to-day life is is about the same for me for the kids it's a little bit harder but for me it's the same mm. yeah for my kids it's also pretty difficult doing the whole uh zoom schooling it's just not not that fun first of all and it's certainly they they don't feel that it's very um effective but how, how do you feel about how the government has been handling this thing Um, I think I think that this pandemic is very unexpected. I don't think we I don't think we have a, a like a plan for this kind of one in a hundred years event. Um, and uh, when when you look around, you look at the world, uh, pretty much like everywhere else. it's not it's not something uh, I don't see it as a great success as as Uh, of course of course Netanyahu will want to sell it as the great success and it and if, and definitely number wise uh we could have gotten it much worse and then the first wave was definitely the numbers were in our favor but even now the numbers are okay are not so bad and of course people who Netanyahu can do nothing good in their eyes um <laughs> They will, they will try to color everything as a disaster that, that no match to nowhere. And Netanyahu actually uh, got today Amit uh, Segal, um, um, one of the, the, the political reporters, said um, that was the first, uh, the first uh, uh, video clip for the election. Because he showed out when on, on the second uh, lockdown, everyone said, no, 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 uh, he's lying. Europe is not going into lockdown and there's <laughs> yes it is everywhere look everywhere what look what happened yeah everywhere <laughs> is going to lockdown every, it's all the same we handle you know what i agree i i think that open. i i was also I, i was i was also somewhat very critical and disappointed in how he was handling it you know health wise at least on the health you know issue i didn't feel like it was it was it just seemed very you know messy but 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 i do agree that you know yeah it looks like other countries around the world are, are going through the same thing what i do think is differently though is 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 how you know on the economic side uh israel has uh not been as helpful as other western countries i don't know if you agree with that uh, 
again, I don't really know because I'm not working in, it's not something that I will know from my own experience. I am as a lawyer, especially in a lawyer who is most, most of his, his work is um, an NGO that is politically, uh, mm-hmm. um, the most of the work is with the political system and the court system, which basically is more, not, not a lot, not a lot has changed for me. Mm. So, mm. so I, I, I find it hard to judge, but I think that, um, of course, people that this pandemic hurt their business a lot are getting hurt. Um, I am disappointed by the fact and it's also very hard to um, this coalition, this strange uh, yeah. unity, uh, paradigmatic, uh, whatever, what whatever terms they're using. Um, emergency government, emergency Corona government, whatever it was. Double double headed government. Uh, yeah. and, you know, even even in the in the olden days, when there were systems of dual head uh, in, in ancient Rome. When there is a pandemic, there is a war. You says no. Now we need single head. Now we need a dictator. Uh, we need someone who is who is uh, calling all the shots. In Israel, we decided to have this dual headed. Now we didn't decide it actually. The political system brought it. We brought it on the political system. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so it's very hard to get decisions in this system uh, uh, to make any decisions. And especially, and I would think it would be easier for the, for this kind of government to get hard decisions, to do some some kind of to take money from the government workers, or, or hardly pay any price for this uh, pandemic, or from the people who are getting uh, government pensions, whatever. They're not doing anything. They can't agree on anything, and that's yeah, that's a criticism. But but again. I, I find it hard to criticize uh, um, Netanyahu, who I did not I did not see how he's having any government, mm-hmm. who start, who was able to build a government which which a lot of uh, um, restraints on him his powers, and is I'm really angry that this government became. I don't like this oh. government. I don't yeah, I like guess that, this that's, dual-headed that's, government. That's that's one thing that you and I share uh, in common. We can. But after that. this, uh, go to election as soon as possible. That's the only thing you can do. But but um, yeah. But I really find it hard to complain on one side because I really see the mm-hmm. problem in both sides. Both sides behave, put themselves in a position. Right. 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 Um, so I want to I want to go back a little, uh, uh, Simcha, um, to 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 where you're from. Uh, and get to know you a little better because you grew up, uh, I think, in Bnei Brak. Am I correct? Yep. Which is, um, uh, you know, uh, for any of our <laughs> listeners who don't know, it's a it's an ultra orthodox town, like a suburb of uh, Tel Aviv. But your your family is 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 natu- national religious, uh, not you know that uh, orthodox as, as most people, most of the population of of Bnei Brak is. So I'm wondering, you know, how how was it to 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 grow up there and, and, and maybe tell us a little about, you know, what kind of kid were you? Okay. So first, when I was, uh, when I grew up in Nebuk, Nebuk was, um, a, yeah, the, the majority there was ultra-Orthodox uh, uh, Haredi, but 
there was a big uh, group and it we, it wasn't like uh, to be a, to be alone the neighborhood mm. few neighborhoods the surrounding neighborhoods were national religious the it's now almost everything is gone there it's almost 100% ultra orthodox the the neighborhood changed their demographics but um but uh, when i was when i grew up it wasn't the case um and uh i was but but again it was many many uh many families men in the neighborhood in the community were uh, more uh, i would say open to the ultra orthodox national religious uh um uh the militarized zone you have you can have both you can have both you would be in the middle and uh, the schools that i went to was a haredi school but most of the family there were national religious so it was it was really really mixed and i learned to learn to know the ultra orthodox uh, uh, community also my brother when he grew up he chose uh, to be a uh, ultra orthodox he's ultra orthodox uh-huh. wow um, okay So, so, so I really have, uh, um, I speak the language, let's, let's say. Mm. Um, so, so, and that's the way I grew up, but, uh, but, um, I left, uh, pretty early. I left, uh, to, to a boarding school, um, in the age of 14. Uh-huh. And since then I went, I'm, I'm, I'm not in Nebraska. Since then I'm, uh, okay. I'm in national and, and, religious institutes. And, and were you, were you, uh, you know, were you political, Were you, were you were you active politically uh, uh, at a young age already uh, yes I, I think uh, I think you don't have the you don't have the luxury of not being involved in politics when the politics is bombing the bus that you're driving uh, to that you're riding to your school um, uh, the num the number 18 bus in Jerusalem um, is was my uh, preferred choice. To ride to my uh, to my uh, yeshiva to, to, in Jerusalem where I went to and uh, and uh, of course it was the 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 time rabin rabin just uh, were, were, was elected when I was 12 I started all this uh, Oslo thing then yeah almost so this was the thing. This was the early 90s. Uh, you were going to Yeshiva, I guess, and this is when afterwards a lot of uh, the terror attacks started happening. Yeah, so so of course I was involved. I went to I went to uh, demonstrations as a, as a as a teenager. and uh, so I was involved. and also uh, also uh, I wasn't I was very uh, um, aware politically I, I read all the newspapers from very young age I read basically and started reading the newspaper when I was four so really? so I, I really I really knew what's going on were your political opinions um, similar to what your parents and, and family members also held or were you a bit different um, I would say some it's it's a hard to, and I, I remember very clearly that Then in the election in 1988 um, I think no one in my family I'm the youngest I was the only one who didn't have uh, a vote um, all my all my siblings were able to vote and my of course my parents and I think no one voted there were no two similar votes 
in the family of uh, five voters uh, before before me. So so I think I think again the the there is um, quite different views, but I don't there was no left, of course, naturally, no left. yeah. But uh, but uh, within the right and the religious parties, uh, there were quite uh, differences. Um, I think, but in the general right wing, yes, um, definitely the way of my family. But the nuance, and especially when you talk about religion and state, or you talk about um, uh, ec- economy questions, I don't think my views are like my parents or like my siblings. Uh, mm-hmm. Even today, not, not not when I was young, and not today. And and the, you know, you mentioned those events such as as the bombings, the bus bombings. Are those events that defined not only your politics but also uh, your decision to go study law? Um, at that stage, of course, I did not decide yet to go and and, and study law. Um, I went to study law because I I wanted to go into po- some kind of politics, and I looked for a profession that I was will be able to go in and out, um, some some kind of either that or become a, 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 an accountant. It's it's the same. You don't that you have your own office that you have you can work for yourself. You don't have to to be dependent on someone else. Um, but law was uh, was very uh, natural decision. Uh, to go to, but that was like way in the future because I did not go immediately after high school to learn law, uh, and not even immediately after the army. I went to to uh, to a higher level yeshiva. I, I went there and I studied and learned there for seven years, including the army time. So, so I, I only started learning law when I was basically almost uh, almost thirty, and uh, and. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, already was ma- was married and is started started oh, my. Oh, you were married before you went. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, and already had my first child, my first, uh, my uh, my wow. uh, my oldest. How, how many children do you have now? Five. Five children, amazing. And and you also have a degree from uh, Northwestern, right? That's true. How what 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 did you do there, and and how how did you get to that? There is a, a program in Israel that is uh, in, oh, okay. in Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv and Northwestern together. You do some of the degree here, some of the degree there. It's a uh, it's a combined. Uh, and many people that are either working for the government or interested in in the in the NGO uh, uh, area of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, law law studies um, are going there. So. Was that was that your first uh, taste of the United States, or have you been there before? No, I was I was there before. Actually, when I now I'm, now I'm, because of the Corona, I'm missing going to the U.S. Like I was th- I wasn't there for almost a year, so I don't know what to do with, with myself. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, but of course, uh, even after even before I went a few times. But uh, after I, and after I started uh, working for Meshilut. It uh, it became much more because I also come to uh, to lectures and to conventions and right. stuff like that. So okay, so you it mentioned you mentioned Michelin, but let's let's but talk a little about uh, when I'm introduced the, the... there. 
there, there is a rabbi in the U.S. that introduced me once. He said, this is Simcha. His family made Aliyah from the U.S. not so long ago, in 1910. Because my family came from the U.S. in 1910, way before I was oh. born. But yes. Is that so? What part? What part of the States? Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Um, no one okay, so you mentioned that in 1910. Uh, <laughs> it's a special kind of crazy of to do so. Of course, of course. <laughs> Um, 1910. Uh, Israeli movement for governability and democracy, Mishilut. Uh, you, you mentioned that. How did, how, did, how did that organization come about? Uh, so eight years ago, a little bit more than eight years ago now, um, I, I, I always, I always underst- understood and knew the problem in, uh, in Israeli legal systems. That's part of the reason... I went into this uh, to law school again, as I said in the in the beginning. But uh, also in my internship, I went uh, to the Ministry of Justice. I looked only to work on a, on in a, in the governmental uh, areas areas of expertise because that's that I think that that was where the problem. Um, and uh, and after that, I, I mean, in 2012, I already uh, started enrolled to start this program of uh, Tel Aviv and Northwestern, as I told you. But then um, I met I met with uh, with my friend Yuda Amrani. Um, he was looking. He said he was looking for people to write or were in there um, during their studies. To write essays or 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 um, whatever they need to give to the university to focus on the problem with Israeli Supreme Court and Israeli justice system, and and that that was he was looking for. He had this. He he was he did not come from the legal uh, profession, mm. but he also had this idea, and he he, st- he was working in the NGO uh, 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 ecosystem of the right. And and uh, I was looking to, in, into the, this issue, and I told him, "Listen, I'm in the min- my, my, my middle of my master's degree, and uh, maybe I will write something. But let's talk. Let's meet and talk and see what you are looking for." And then we met and we started talking. And after our meeting, he said, "Listen, to write, it's not that's not what I'm looking for. I want to start an organization to change the system. I want you to to be the." legal advisor for it and and to start this uh, this thing and we started and we started and and we wrote uh, uh researchers so, so tell me tell me but tell me what what both of you uh want I mean what was the goal what what was the most urgent problem in Israel's uh, judicial system that you want to fix in 2012 the awareness to the problem in the Israeli justice system was nowhere near what it is today. There's, it's the same problem. The problem is too much power without to, to unelected officials. It can be the judges, it can be the legal advisors, it can be people who are not in the legal profession, but the justices and the and the lawyers in the working for the government are focusing most of our attention because they are taking most of the power. 
And they're taking the power from the elected officials. And by proxies, they're taking the power from the people. Can you give us an example of, of, are you talking about the court basically uh, striking down laws? Is is that what you mean? So that's, that's of course, is one example. And it's, this example is very, uh, um, very problematic because unlike most of the countries, not most, all of the countries where the court strikes down laws is doing it based on a constitution that's accepted by a majority. That's right. In Israel, no. In Israel, the court took this power to himself. We are the only country in the world where the court created the constitution upon which is taking is is canceling uh, laws of the parliament. So, are are you also fighting for for a constitution? I don't think that I if I will if I will have the power, the ability, and the political support to write a constitution for the state of Israel, which is a big issue and it's very complicated and many have tried and many has failed. Um, my constitution will be like the constitutions of the countries where the court cannot cancel law. I don't think that there are constitutions around the world who does not let a court, unelected court, to, to cancel Knesset laws. That would be my constitution. But, but uh, and we'll, we will be like New Zealand, we will be like uh, uh, Britain does not have a written constitution, but it's the same issue. We would be like uh, like the Netherlands. We would be like other countries around the world where the court cannot cancel, because I don't think that's a good thing to do. Can, but, can you tell me? Can you tell me how widespread this uh, problem is? I mean, how many how many laws are being struck down? So, how many laws have been struck down um, uh, along the years? The number is not so high. Um, to, the total depends on depends on the exactly exact the way you count. It will be twenty two something, but most of these numbers are in the in since two thousand and twelve. So so until two thousand and twelve, there were maybe five. Most of the num uh, since two thousand and twelve, it became much more than one time a year. In two thousand and seventeen, it became five times a year. So. In two thousand five, five times, five times out of out of how many laws that were? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because because it's I can say that hundred percent of the laws that the Knesset passes that are controversial on the right versus left um, separation of separation of of, of ideas. Uh, on the battle between right and left, from those numbers, the numbers I would say even more than fifty percent. Uncontroversial laws are not are not uh, are not an issue. Uh, tax mm. laws, so most of them are passed. Coalition opposition, maybe, but not really are not really controversial. Anything that is really controversial on the right or left issue is a going to the court. Many laws around the world in this situation will never get to a court because of the demand of standing and other demands that in Israel does not exist. And when they get to court, chances are really high that the court either will cancel them or will interpret them in a way that makes them invalid, which you can't count, but it's the same. 
The law. I will give an example. Go ahead. Go the ahead. law yeah. that says that a terror supporting a person cannot be elected to the Knesset. This law was enacted by the Knesset, and and after the court made it basically meaningless and ignored it, the court the Knesset reenacted it with more harsh words and more uh, express expressed the the will of the Knesset, and then the court ignored it again, and no one counts it as a cancelled law. But de facto is a cancelled law. De facto, even a Knesset member who was using his parliamentarian immunity to guide Hezbollah missiles on Israel, the court says, "Oh, you're, that yeah, oh, you're, that's you're talking okay. about Azmi Pshara, Azmi Pshara." Of course. Who, so, uh, so, but here's, here's my question. I mean, are there so Simcha? Are there? Did are there, the court cancel this law? Yeah. Well. well I mean, look. I'm sure. I'm sure they're 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 uh, left wingers who agree that um, who would who would have similar claims against how um, against the High Court of Justice um, on on different issues. But wh- here's my question: When it comes to the court being too in- interventionist, as you say, are there activists uh, like you who think who think that way about the system? Are there activists on the left as well who want to change it the way Meshilut, your organization, wants to change it? Because th- my question. To, is to it, make it less the will to change it comes from the right because because of so first yes there are people on the left that think that the court took upon himself too much power Chaim Ramon uh, is is an example um, Daniel Friedman hey, who was the justice minister uh, during Omer times is an example I would say that of course that if the court was um, made was uh, made with hundred uh, percent right wing religious people that all of the rulings were um, activist, but um, to my viewpoints, my personal view viewpoints, uh, I I would I I want to hope that I would still think it's not okay. But I will definitely would not feel the need to get out of my way to change it because I wouldn't feel the pressure. That's of course. I mean, but but oh, and I mean, and, and and I would say that anyone with you know it's a general it's a general uh, way of human behavior. When they came and took someone, they took the 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 priest. I would I didn't do anything because I wasn't yeah. Christian. <laughs> well, I mean, here's where I kind of, I think, I think where, where I do agree with you is, is I do feel that the um, uh, Israeli Supreme Court, even the whole judicial system in Israel, but especially the Israeli Supreme Court for decades has been, you know, a, some somewhere of a junta of, you know, of left wing uh, judges, very, you know, uniform in its color and gender. Um, and I think that... Um, it, it had to be. It had to become more uh, diverse <clears throat> and represent Israeli society better. And I have no issue with when a ruling party wants to appoint judges according to its uh, agenda, as as happens in the states. You know, there, in, in the United States, there, there's an argument ab- about you know uh, 
appointing judges that are uh, conservative and appointing judges that are progressive or less progressive or more conservative. And here in Israel, it seems like it's sometimes taboo. It's like you're not supposed to touch it. And that's where I think, you know, if Ayala Shaked, the former justice minister, wants to appoint this certain type of judge, hey, that's her prerogative. She she can do that. There's no really reason to, to, to say, to well, I mean, to, to, to push for that, to push for that kind of change in the system. Uh, there's there's a committee, of course, that has to you know the way judges are appointed here. It's it's completely different compared to you know in the states where people actually run for office, like relatives of mine who have run for office, judges uh, in the states. Um, but where where I kind of don't agree is that I think this whole idea is that I feel like maybe the right is worried about how interventionist the, the system is when. We talk about checks and balances. The, the the court, of course, it's going to be somewhat interventionist with the ruling party, and the right has been ruling this country for uh, over four decades, except for a few exceptions of you know Rabin and Ehud Barak. But for four, over forty years, you know the the court has had to deal with a right you know right wing government. So of course you're going to see these instances of the court sometimes intervening, and and it's not and. It's the. It seems like you or you know right wing actors are saying, "Hey, you're voting against me because you know you're, you're left wingers." No, it's not only that. Yes, there's some of that. I agree that there might be some of that, but it's also because the right is in power for over forty years, and and it needs to be sometimes checked. Um, I would say, again, if if I would look at this at the court or at the prosecution. And I would say, listen, they, for some reason, think that their position is to be the opposition to the majority. They need to be an anti-majoritarian power. Uh, and of course, you are the majority, so you have to pay some prices. I would say, okay. But that's not the case. When, when the law, many, many laws were canceled in Israel based on on the left-wing viewpoint, um, 100% left-wing. doesn't matter who passed them. But just, I would say, okay, maybe, maybe um, I, I'm wrong. Maybe I feel, maybe that's my, just my feeling. But there was one law in Israel that was 100% no argument passed in a, in a very... Uh, how do you say kohani? The 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 most. Uh, it was forced upon. It was forced uh, upon. It was at you were kicking people out of their houses that they bought legal, legally. They bought their houses. They wait, what are you talking about? What's the the disengagement the, law? The disengagement the two, law. Oh, the two thousand five disengagement from Gaza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, the okay. single law that was. Yeah. It was the perfect storm. If you would need a court to intervene in a law that was hurting human rights, that was the issue. You were kicking people out of their houses that they paid full money for, and it was legal, legally built, no questions, no problems. You were kicking them out of their houses. And was it legally built? I mean, I'm not an expert on international law, but... Is legally, according to this Israel. Whole, this whole, according, according to Israeli, Israeli law. According yeah, to Israeli okay. law, it, the, the issue, and also it's good that you say you're not expert in, 
on international <laughs> law because there was no problem with international law, especially on some of them. Okay, let's let's just say let's just say that some of them were were not even on an occupied uh, uh, territory international wise. Okay, let's just say, but doesn't matter. The the houses were paid for. By the go- built by the government, you were kicking people out of their houses. You passed the law against the promises, the specific promises you gave before the elections. You stole away votes. You you fired people from the government in order to pass the vote because you knew you couldn't pass it the vote for the disengagement in the government. So you fired on the eve of the vote. You fired two ministers in order to get the numbers. And and uh, Ariel Sharon. Ariel Sharon did all that, and he also said that he will make it into a vote within his own party, and he will accept the vote. And he lost the vote, and he still went with it. And during the 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 the, the demonstrations against the disengagement plans, the government stopped buses on the north, in Haifa. So they won't be able to demonstrate. The people will not be able to demonstrate. The government took 14 years old child, uh, children and put them into uh, um, uh, arrest. Uh, without, uh, like any human right you can imagine, the government just threw out of the window because it wanted to pass the disengagement plan. Any human right you can really imagine and that is written in the basic laws of Israel. And the court not only did not interfere, which I don't think the court should have canceled the disengagement plan. I don't think that the court rule, but definitely the court would think that it is because the court canceled other plans of the government because it thought that it's uh, illegal, that is breaking the human rights. So... The court did not intervene, and not only the court did not intervene, the chief justice, who was the main, he was the champion of human rights, he did everything within its power that there won't even be a delay. I'm not talking about cancel, I'm talking about a delay. Now, when the court did that, he lost all the ability to convince me that he has human rights in mind, that he's trying to, the, um, giving some fight to the majority in the Knesset when it's breaking human rights, I don't believe them anymore. Now, mm. it didn't happen so long ago. It happened 15 years ago. But once the people that for 20 years are talking all the high... Uh, words of human rights and 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 separation of powers and the role of the court and when it, when they have the slightest chance to show that it's so you're saying that when, when, mean when what we say when push when push came to shove they didn't they didn't it didn't happen so i don't believe them and i okay. will never believe them what do you and i know it's you, political you know it's political what, what do you say to left-wingers who, who think the high court has consistently over the years uh, been a stamp of approval for the, the occupation? I think they're right. 
I think they are right. But I don't. I think that the the, the court position shouldn't be stamp of approval, or should and shouldn't be a, a, a declaration of what is wrong and what is right. The court should not intervene in issues of national security. The court should not intervene in issues of politics. What to do with it? It's not. What the, can it intervene in? What can it intervene in then? What What's the, the red court, line? The court should intervene when a, a person, his rights have been hurt by the government against a law. The court should be uh, uh, the 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 helper for the Knesset to 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 that the government, the executive branch, is keeping the laws. If it's done by a law. If 61 members of Knesset decided that this is the right policy and the government is acting on behalf of the, this law, the court should check that everything weren't according to the law. But once he gets to the law, he says, okay, that's not my decision. Maybe it's a good decision. Maybe it's a bad decision. It's not mine. And I'm not, I'm not here criticize the choice of the public in Israel. Because who am I? What gives me the power? What gives me the ability? And who gave me the morals that are superior to the morals of the people that I come to serve? I don't understand. I really don't understand. I learned, as you said, I learned in three different law schools, in Barilan, in Tel Aviv, and in Northwestern. And I never saw anything there and in the textbooks or by the teacher that teaches me how to be, be more moral person. It has nothing to do with my profession. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like the, the, the rights uh, battle uh, against the legal system became a lot more intense in the past few years after the prime minister got in trouble with his, with his corruption cases. Do, do you feel that way too? For sure. For sure. As I said before, I started my battle in 2012. And my, I, I had my ideas already from the 90s, but started working on the issue in 2012. 2012, there were no cases against the Prime Minister Netanyahu. I'm not here and, and I'm not doing what I'm doing because of Netanyahu and his cases. But of course, the cases against Netanyahu is a very good example of a misuse of the power to the prosecution, to the legal advisor, is a very good example. And as I said before, most of the people shout when when you hit them, when, when it touches them. So most of the people, when I was talking between 2012 to 2015, they would say, yeah, yeah, he's right, but where is the urgency? Most people deal with the urgent stuff, with things that hurt them. And between 2012 and 2015, the court overreaching power basically hurt the people in South Tel Aviv because he kept the illegal infiltrator there. He didn't let the government deal with the issue. Whatever the government tried to do, he blocked. So the people of South Tel Aviv, the 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 Aboriginals of 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 South Tel Aviv, um, they saw how the neighborhood became uh, a safe haven 
from for illegal infiltrators from Africa, and and they and they came to the court and they cried and they didn't listen to them and said you can't you can't uh, uh, send away illegal infiltrators. And that was the people the 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 people that were hurt by the court in 2015 when they started going after the elected officials that represent for many of the people of Israel have a lot of uh, um, f- uh, they feel that he represents them they chose they chose him and they're going after him they're going after them now if they would go after him because he took something to his pocket maybe but the case is I mean, against the, 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 the evidence kind of shows that, Netanyahu. doesn't it? No, that's not the case with Netanyahu. Um, the cases against Netanyahu um, are a demonstration of a witch hunt for many people. I think so too. So, so, uh, uh, and, and, but I would say I checked. I thought that even after Omer, it was a witch hunt. The the mm. fact that, the fact that Omer maybe was more of a witch than Netanyahu does not mean that there wasn't a witch hunt. It was a witch hunt. Maybe in Olmert, they found him on more substantive issues than Netanyahu. Okay, okay so I don't want to I don't want to get into the whole witch hunt thing, but let, let's say theater, let's say theoretically that he shouldn't have been indicted. Okay, let's go there. Um but but you know but he has he has been indicted and now he's he's going to trial. Is it good for a country to have a leader on trial? I mean, should he not step down Simcha and let, let the Likud, you know, who who the voters voted for, they voted for the party, they voted for the Likud in the elections, and let someone in the Likud take over and continue ruling with much more uh, trust from from the people that the decisions that are being made are, are, are not being made because of, you know, based on something that's going on in his trial with a man who is just completely worked up about the next hearing and this hearing and being prepared and, and the legal battle? So first, the question is based on every political choice. The question is compared to what? You have to choose. Um, if I think that Netanyahu, of course, I prefer that Netanyahu would not serve on, um, um, as a prime minister uh, with a trial. My solution to that is to hold the trial until he finishes his time as a prime minister. That's my solution to the problems that you are you are uh, raising. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my solution. But if you decide to not accept my solution, then I can ask myself as a as a. But that's a political question to ask. If I think that Netanyahu during trial is still functioning. Ten times better than Benny Gantz, for example. <laughs> okay. Then I would say I prefer Netanyahu in his regular performance hundred times. I, I didn't ask her. about I didn't ask about Benny Gantz. I asked about okay. Benny, you, Benny, Gantz, you, okay. you voted for the yeah. Well, you not, not necessarily you, don't, you, anyone, yeah. you, cho- you choose the name. Doesn't matter. If I think that Netanyahu is on regular times without a trial is a hundred times better than Gidon Sal. During trial is 10 times better. Again, hypothetical. I really like it on cell. I really like Netanyahu too. Doesn't matter. But hypothetical. <laughs> um, uh, if I think that... I'm not going to ask you who you don't like. <laughs> uh, you, can, uh, you can guess. But, but um, 
I think that uh, during trial, his, uh, his abilities as a prime minister are only 10 times better than, than uh, 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 Gidon Sal. I would say, listen, I would prefer he didn't have a trial, but he's still be- the best that I can do. So, so it's not, you never make a choice on a, in, a, in a perfect world. In a perfect world, of course, but we are not living in a perfect world. Do I choose to have a different prime minister and this and and lose this uh, peace agreements with Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Bahrain and Oman and may, I don't know in Sudan whatever because I like to have a prime minister who is not corrupt. Let's just say Netanyahu is corrupt. You know what? For your for the argument's sake. I prefer a corrupt prime minister who gives me peace agreements and good economy and deals with the corona better than a non-corrupt prime minister that is not that and 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 ten thousand people will die of corona. So, so that's a choice, and and this is not a choice for me and a choice for you. That's a choice for the public of Israel that chose Netanyahu to be to chose the the Likud as. A party that headed by Netanyahu and people who said they will support a government with Netanyahu in big numbers, even after the indictment, and that's their will, and they should decide. Pnei uh, Kedem, what what brought you to live in the West Bank? In the West Bank, generally, um, I think that's first. That's the real land of Israel. I, I, uh, I want to live in the land of Israel, and I think that when you live here, you live in the land of Israel. When you live in Gush Dan, you live in Tel Aviv, you live in Bnei Brak. It's a nice place, uh-huh. but that's not that's not the place my forefathers dreamt about. That's not. I noticed. The- I noticed how you how you did not mention Batyam for some reason where I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I didn't I'm, very, I'm very hurt. I'm very hurt. No, I didn't want to offend, uh, but but that, that's not the the uh, not my forefathers dreamt and lived here, and my my parents made aliyah, my my grandparents made aliyah to come to the land of Israel, which is here. Well, here you have Hebron, here you have Jerusalem, here you have the views and the and the whatever. This is the land of Israel. That's the first reason to live in. Judea and Samaria, generally. Um, also, I when I was looking for a place to live, I was looking for a um, a new place, a small place that um, to build something new, to 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 really um, to create something new in the land of Israel. Not only mm-hmm. to come and live in a to buy an apartment from someone in the in the, an apartment building in Ariel, and uh, yeah. But to build a new settlement in the in the in Judea and Samaria to have this land, what what kind of interaction, if any, do you have with Palestinians in 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 your area? Very good, actually. Uh, um, of course, the the guy who built my house is also my friend, um, and he lives here in a in a village nearby. Um, and uh and we talk of course my 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 house is already built for five or six years but uh 
We speak almost every two weeks. Generals, well, what how the family, and uh, we still we still keep in touch and and, and contact. Uh, I was in his home. Of course, he was here. He built it. But I also was in his home. Uh, he brings me vegetables. Uh, whatever we was that uh, that he grows in his garden. Does, does... Do, do politics ever come up in, in a discussion with a? He with doesn't him? like to talk politics too much. I have to say that uh, when when he hears something about politics, um, he's running away from it. But um, I can say that um, the the natural um, uh, response, um, physical response, when he hears in the radio something about the Palestinian Authority or the heads of the Palestinian Authority, um, the rejection is, he cannot hide it. He doesn't like. And, all, and I have to say, it's not only him. I know the village that he lives in has a lot of good contact with the flat, with the large, the large uh, settlement the flat. flat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they get, and they, they're very good neighbors and, and um, they get medical support there. It's, they're very connected. Um, and there are some villages like that around here. Of course, there are villages not so far away which are very hostile. Uh, we don't talk so much. <laughs> But uh, right. there are villages not, not so far from my house that many suicide bombers came from and, and, and stuff like that. So, so we have all kinds. And also in the, in the store, Rami Levy here, you, you always feel... Uh, connected to the holidays because you see they bring special stuff. There some Christians, some Muslims. You see, you see, you see more people come. You see whatever you you feel, uh, and we do feel grassroots. I have to say, I do feel grassroots peace in in the in the in commerce around here, in in uh, shared interest, shared uh, uh, shared uh, challenges. With some of the, the 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 Arabs that are living around us, well, well, certainly those those Palestinians, at least the ones that you do talk to in the, in the villages that are not hostile, you you would think. I mean, I'm sure you know that they still, despite them not being hostile, would want things for them to be different. Everyone would want things to be different, but I would say. Again, some some of them already also, some also talks. If you would give them the chance to be to live in uh, under the rule of Israel, even in current st standards, or to live under the rule of Abu Mazen, they will choose definitely under the rule of Israel. By well, they, would, they might they might they might choose to be under the rule of Israel as as equal citizens, like 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 uh, citizens, like uh, Arab uh, citizens. Yeah. Again, that's that's a different issue, but, but okay. So wait, you know that's a different issue because it's a good, it's a good segue to um, the podcast question. This is a, this is a question that I ask everyone <clears throat> on the show. It's the exact same thing. It kind of has two parts, and the question is: If I gave you a magic wand that you could just you know decide and wave it and, and you know boom tomorrow, you have. Um, the kind of entity, one entity, two entities, three entities, four, whatever you want, the kind of, the, the way you want this region to look between the river and the sea, because the podcast 
you know, the slogan is to talk to anyone and everyone between the river and the sea and seeing as how most experts would say that there are about 12, 13 million people here. Experts would agree that it's about 50-50 Jews and non-Jews percentage-wise. How would you want to see if you could just decide tomorrow to have your end game tomorrow immediately, what would that end game be? And then I'm going to ask you, the second part is to just, you know, take off that magician's hat and put your more analytical hat on and tell me what you think is going to happen in the next decade or two decades or three decades in reality. So first it's your dream. Okay, and the second so, part is your... So my, I would say my, my dream would be, of course, one state solution. Um, uh, a, a Jewish state that has the control of the land of Israel. Um, I, I think this state should be uh, respect human rights. Um, I, I, I don't like so much the term human rights because it has some other connotation, but citizen rights, equal rights, whatever. I think that um, when you look at the way uh, most Arab citizens in this area, either in within the 67 borders or outside the 67 borders. It's very tribal. Um, some of them, most of them even, are living in a very tribal society. So you can have tribal autonomies, different tribal autonomies uh, um, to to that they can can have their own uh, um, um, civil civil administrations to their own to their own tribes, and and I would say something like what you have in the U.S. with tribes, because that's they they, they live in a different in a different uh, um, uh, society. They're not they're not. But they're the they're like, they're American like citizens. You have, you see the Emirates. The Emirates are uh, um, is very advanced uh, economically, very advanced. But they're, they're a dictatorship. I mean, uh, why are you comparing? Why do you want Israel to be like the Emirates? That's, no, that's no, ridiculous. I don't want Israel to be like the Emirates. I want Israel to recognize the fact. I don't think that the citizens of the Emirates feel they live in a dictatorship. There are seven different. Seven. I don't remember the number exactly of the Emirates, but there's a few different tribes, and every tribe has its own. Look, Simcha, I, I really don't. I'm, I don't. I just don't. I don't want you to go down the rabbit hole of comparing Israel to to, no, to no. those regimes because I don't think you want to, and I don't think. I, I, I mean, I'm very. I think I. I think I. I. I'm not talking that Israel should be like the Emirates. Time and again, I would say that I think that Israel should recognize the fact that a, spe- a specific tribe has its own way of doing things. A specific Arab tribe that lives in Hebron area, they have their own leadership. They're not they're they're not more Palestinians than they are their own tribe. How, they how many tribes are you talking about? Like, what? How many? How many tribes are you are you talking about? I, I don't. I'm not an expert to the Arab society in Israel. 
I know Mordechai Kedar knows more and he offered this kind of program of, of Emirates in, in, uh, in the Palestinian Arab society. He knows more about the tribes than me. But anyone can tell you that the chances that a person from Hebron will get his leadership from Ramallah, he, will, he would prefer his own autonomy as a tribe in Hebron area and having... Or, or, and or having he, might prefer, he, might prefer, he might prefer to have the exact same right that you do. I'm not talking about, I told you, I'm not talking about specific rights. I'm talking about, I'm talking about autonomy. You have. Well, no, but I'm, I'm talking, uh, you, you're, 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 you're saying that you're you're assuming, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me say, you're assuming, you're assuming that these people might, maybe correctly would prefer not to uh, be ruled by a very corrupt, I agree, uh, Palestinian authority, but they might uh, uh, agree and might desire Maybe if we talk to them and ask them, because they have a right, they might desire to vote just like you vote in the one country, the one state solution that you're talking about. They might. And I'm asking you, why Why not? Why not? Okay. So first, first, they might and they might not. Be open to the option that they might not. They, they might not be, they might not want to be part of the Zionist project. They want to have their own autonomy as a tribe. There are benefits. There are down, downsides. But be open to the option that they do want their autonomy as a tribe. Now, it's a good question to ask, is a tribal mentality is, can hold a democracy? Some countries around us discovered that the answer is no. You have to be open to the fact to the option. This, that the answer you know, the, the word, but the word. I mean, the, the the two words, tribal mentality. I just find it a little, a little problematic. I mean, what? It just it doesn't feel. I, right. Do you do you support do you support the regime that came into power in Egypt when they got for a, a two years democracy? Did you support the regime that they built in a democracy? Mm. Do you? Yes or no? It's a, it's a simple question. No, I, I'm not. No. It, it, uh, first of all, <laughs> it's not a simple question. I mean, I could just I could easily say to you, it's a very simple question. Uh, why not give everyone equal rights? I'm not talking about country. I'm I'm asking. I'm asking. No, but I just. I, but look, you, did not, but you did not ask about human no, rights. No. You did not ask about equal rights. You dis, you asked. So I okay. You know what? So I'm asking what now. You asked. So I'm asking. Same So I'm asking now. I'm asking now. And I want to make it very simple. I don't understand why the 13 million people living uh, between the river and the sea, Jews and non-Jews, in a one-state solution, I don't understand why all of them should not have equal rights. I'm, that's a simple again, question. Again, I think they should get equal rights. I started with that. You, for some reason... That for would some mean reason, the end... For that would mean the end of the Zionist regime, the Zionist dream. Uh, again, I think they all should get equal rights. You, if for some reason, you decide that um, using their rights will get the same outcome. Mm -hmm. And I don't accept this idea. 
I think that when you tell the people, a person, you can, you have a choice. Everyone in Israel have a choice. For that matter, I don't really care if you have a Jewish community that would say, I don't want to be part of the Zionist project. They should get the same autonomy or uh, ability to, to have their own autonomy. But you can tell everyone in, in this area, from the river to the sea, like you said, you have, you have the right, the ability. If you want to be a part of the Zionist project and you accept it, everything is open to you. you why can... do you make the rules? Why, ah, why, why do... that's, a, that's a different question. That's a different question. But first, let's talk about equal rights. If, you're, if you want to be a part of the Zionist project, that's one option. If you want to, ha to have your own autonomy as a tribe or as a people, maybe. Maybe, maybe there would be few. But if you want to have your own autonomy and don't be a part of the Zionist project, it's also a choice that you have. It's a community. It's it's a it's a um, it's not a it's not a human rights. We're talking about the self determination is an, is a right that belongs to a group of people. It's not one person right. You're not if you're talking about group identity, okay. and you say and you say so, so you have the right to as a group to influence. How is the state? Simcha, are you saying are you saying that that you want to give them the choice? You want to give them the choice to be part of the Zionist project or not be part of the Zionist project? I, I think some I think some groups made the, made their choice. Even in Israel, even in the nineteen sixty seven borders, Israel de facto gave this choice. The Druze decided that they want to be a part, so they are a part. Uh, the the some of the Bedouin tribes, by the way, if you're talking about tribes, some of the Bedouin tribes decide that they want to be a part, and they are a part. Some decided that they don't want to be a part. They, so they, you don't uh, so they don't go to the army. So so the Bedouins, uh, the Bedouin tribes with the, their shall I quote you tribal mentality, became a part. So I guess those Palestinians of the tribal them. mentality. So I, so I some think. So I say, become a part. <laughs> so I say, give a choice. I, I, is, that, is that what I say? Okay, so you say, give a choice. And what happens? What happens? What happens if everybody? But the difference between what I say and what you say, you say, give a choice. But the choice can be, I don't want. I want to take over this project, not to be a part of the Zionist project, not to accept this country as the Jewish homeland, and still use the democracy and the votes and the powers that this country gives me and the opportunities that this country gives me to change it. That, I don't agree. Now, you say, who gave you the right? I don't think that the country needs, a, needs someone to give her the right to preserve its own identity. That's a right that be, from the definition of the country. Now, a vote... We have we are having tomorrow tomorrow there is a vote in the US, right? For presidency and some other issues, right? For the presidency, a vote of a person in New Hampshire worth much more in numbers, in voting power, than the vote of someone from Texas. Why? Because 
the state, the United States decided that one of his key uh, um, ideas is federalism. One of his key ideas is state rights. So a person in a, in a small state like New Hampshire has more voting power than someone in a big state like California or Texas. And, and, and it's a democracy and it's, the, it's a great democracy. So the fact that it's a democracy does not say that someone in New Hampshire will have the same vote as Texas. Now you say it's not a perfect democracy? Okay, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I don't know a perfect democracy. Show me a perfect democracy and then we'll talk. So one of the main issues in the state of Israel will be the fact that the state of Israel has to be the Jewish homeland. If, if Israel will... Uh, 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 Israel can find a decision. And by the way, the U.S. also made other uh, arrangements for the tribes, the, the Native American tribes in the U.S. So to, to you can say they did also terrible things to them that Israel never did to some, to some of the to, to people here. But but even now, even today, someone who lives in a tribe, in a tribal area in Florida, does not have a voting right in Florida, even though because this is reservation, he has his benefits from living in the reservation and belonging to the reservation. He has his benefits. And he also does not get a vote in Florida. Okay. Well... <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. And it's his um, choice, by the way. It's his choice. And that happens in many countries around the world. That is happening. You can, you, and, and so, so I don't want, I want to let them have all the, all the personal rights as citizens. I don't care. Mm -hmm. The right to ruin the state of Israel and to choose the state of Israel to stop being a Jewish state, that's not a right. And whatever arrangement, a voting arrangement, a living arrangement, or, or decision-making uh, uh, arrangement that will prevent it is good for me. So they have, they have less rights. No, they don't have less rights. Also a, Jew cannot, also, a Jew cannot decide that the state of Israel will stop being a Jewish state. It's not, they don't have a lesser rights. They, I don't. I, I think. I think you are. You. No but one. That Jew. No one. That Jew. That Jew. That Jew can vote for. That Jew can vote in, in the elections. No that one Jew can the, vote in the elections. Sorry. That Jew can vote in the elections. Again, also Arabs in Israel can vote in the elections. No, but I'm talking about the Palestinians who uh, in the West Bank. So again, I told you that is is person from New Hampshire. And for a person from Texas don't have the same rights? They have the, they, they can all vote for the party. Ah, they can all vote, but the voting rights is much less. No, no look, the electoral college is, is, is a flawed system, I agree. But ah, they all have the right. Flawed. I don't think it's flawed. You think it's flawed. I don't think it's flawed. No, and I, I think, think I most countries, I think most countries uh, um, um, that have a, a different voting mechanism the the great britain um, um how many votes how many votes did the uh, ukip got and how many votes how many vote and uh, seats in the parliament did they get because when when you have 
uh, a voting system based on 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 uh, on uh, voting areas, and you have uh, a, a voting system that uh, the winner takes it all, which many countries have. Once you do that, or you have two houses, one is like that and one is like that, which most countries have, you do it in order to preserve some kind of a pre-existent. Okay. Pre-existing system. No. All right. Look, we're not. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to agree about this. And this is. Uh, uh, this it's, is. About, it's not. Uh, a, it's not a question of ideology. It's a question of fact. That's the way. Oh no no no! It's a. It's. It's a complete. I'm, I'm going to end this topic here. It is a complete question about ideology. It is only no, no, about I don't ideology. Think so. It's about ethnic supremacy. It's about ideology. Look, I want to talk about. So. I don't think so. But okay. I know you don't agree, but that's what I'm saying. Look, I, I feel like Twitter um, is a huge part of your life these days. It's almost like that's where you literally work. Am I right? I am a lot on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I can, I can multitask. So, so I do it during, during my, uh, my work time. And, and but I mean, it's like an important tool as well. I mean, it, it's you, an amazing, you use it. it's an amazing tool. Um, I get, I get um, uh, the influence that a tweet can 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 achieve is much more than an interview in the regular radio station. It's much more, and and uh, the f- Twitter in Israel is definitely um, having the uh, uh, most of the politicians have a very active Twitter presence, and they respond. And they, they I, listen. Sometimes I feel sometimes I feel like it's just a, a small group of people talking between themselves. It is, but that's the case in uh, Channel Twelve, Channel Thirteen, Channel Eleven, <laughs> Aretz newspaper. It's all the same people. Reshet Bet and Galitzai. It's all the same people talking to themselves. In Twitter, the circle is a little bit uh, a little bit larger. And uh, and I think that I think that the fact it's it's that's kind of democracy that yeah. um, more people can can take part in the public discourse. Um, for many years, this um, you, we talked about judicial activism. Um, one of the most there there were two decisions in Israel that basically shaped the echo chamber of the Israeli uh, media for many years. The last one was canceling the law that um, made Arutz Sheva legal. Channel 7 was the right-wing radio when you couldn't find right-wing people talking on air yeah. uh, ever. And, and that, uh, just a side note, of course, see how the court is defending rights, of course, the right of free speech to a, to a very big group who had been silenced for many, many years was given by the Knesset and taken by the court because the court is a defender of rights, of course. Um, so, so that was in, in, the, in 2000 something. Um, but, uh, but the most, even more important decision, which also created what we see in the Israeli media is the decision from the 60s to have the TV working on Shabbat. 
Mm. And this decision was against the decision of the government. The government decided no. And the court, in the decision made by one who's, judge... Who was the prime minister then? Golda Meir, if I remember. And a decision made by one judge on a Friday basically changed the status quo on this issue and made the TV work on Shabbat. Now, once you make the TV work on Shabbat, immediately, and it's a single channel, immediately you are saying, if you're religious, you're not here. If you if you observe Shabbat, you are not here. You are not part of the uh, um, of the discourse in Israel. You will not get a chance to be in the in the in every person in Israel living room because you cannot work here, or you will or you will have to make a lot of compromises to work here. So this decision basically made. Israeli TV, when we had only one channel, into a secular, also later left-wing, um, but mostly secular, um, um, safe Well, I mean, the majority of people were secular, weren't they? I mean, what about my rights about wanting to watch TV on Shabbat? Oh, I don't know. I don't recognize the right to watch TV on Shabbat. That's not part of the human rights that I know of. I, I but I'm not whatever you want. I, I want to watch it. Oh, you want to watch it? Do, do the government have to give you what you want? That's that's a diff, that's a very interesting idea of 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 rights. I don't I don't understand this discussion. I mean, uh, okay, I mean, so I will explain. <laughs> a, a right a right is something that you have. It's not something that you get. The 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 the, the job, the role of the government is to preserve your rights. It's not to give you rights. You are not getting your rights from the government. You have your rights, and the government needs to not hurt them, definitely not to hurt them more than needed to achieve an important uh, goal. Okay. So were my rights not hurt by not being able to watch TV on Shabbat? So you sit in your house. The government needs to give you TV 24/7 yeah. I could could I not argue that my rights are being hurt? No, it's not your Why right. Not? Because the same way I can argue that my rights are hurt that I don't see the the TV does not show me movies at 12 o'clock at night or 2 o'clock in the morning. The the the, the fact that the 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 what what are where are where are my rights to watch TV between 1 o'clock 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Where are my rights? It's not your right. I, as a so government, wait, how, how is how is your right hurt when when when, when I, TV? I'm not talking, about? but I did I did not mention the word right. I I decide that's a decision. It's not I I there is a, there is a lot of things that the government can do that has nothing to do with rights. The government can do a lot of stuff that does not. No, hurt. but you said it harmed. You said you said. It, I said it. I said it created, it was a decision that the outcome of this decision was getting the religious people out from the public discourse. You can say... How? I don't understand how... How does that leave them out of the discourse? Because if I cannot be... If I cannot work in the TV or working on the TV 
as a religious that person. leaves them out of public discourse because they can't. Yeah, when you have one day, when you have one channel, and and they don't hire you because you are the troublemaker that cannot work part of the time, and you cannot be the anchor. You cannot be the. That's ridiculous. I, I I worked in various and various media outlets with religious people, and the system was found. Who you know they said you know I keep Shabbat. I'm sorry, I can't work on Shabbat. I mean, Everything was fine. I mean, they weren't kept out of the public. Never, discourse. there was never a, a, a star anchor in Israeli TV who kept Shabbat because he was. You need to be seven days. You need to give the the. The news. So, okay, look, there was never can, a star. That that. The, there was never a religious anchor. There was never a Mizrahi anchor. There was never no, a Palestinian no, anchor. There was never a you know. You you are right. You are right that the Mizrahi anchors, some of most of them are more religious. Also, also an issue. But but what I'm saying is, I did not talk about rights being hurt. I talked about a decision that shaped the Israeli discourse. When you decided, and it's a decision, it's a policy call. It's not about rights. And the fact that the court made it into a right issues, that by himself is an abomination of the definition of right, because that's not a right. You don't have a right to watch TV by the government on Shabbat. The government can decide, like you don't have a right to ride on the bus on Shabbat. The government can decide that the hours of operation of the buses, if the government operates the buses, I have a right to go out of my house now in Pnei Kedem and wait to the bus to come, I will tell you, the time now is 10 o'clock at night. There are no more buses. Well, what about my rights? No, the rights, you, you have a right to have a, a bus coming to your house five times a day. 10 o'clock at night, it's finished. Why? Because, because I said so. There are no rights being hurt. Okay. Okay. Uh, have you ever thought about running for office? Thought about it? Definitely. Um, the Have you been approached? Hmm? Have you been approached? A few times. Um, but um, in the meantime, I think I achieved more than in my position than I would achieve as running. Uh, maybe in, sometimes in the future it will change. The balance will change. But um, I, think, I think I have... Um, the, my influence now on on the Israeli public sphere is probably it wouldn't be bigger if I would be a Knesset member. I think now, mm. okay. maybe okay. I don't want to compare it to other Knesset members, or but I'm talking about yeah. myself. I think mm -hmm. I, I I I now influence the Israeli public more. You feel like you're doing more. In one party running for office. Yeah, you feel like you're doing more on the outside right now. So uh, you mentioned before that uh, you know the uh, elections uh, tomorrow. I mean, we're recording this on Monday, and, and uh, the elections are happening on Tuesday. And I presume, I have a feeling, I know who you're rooting for. <laughs> but um, I don't have a here, vote. Here's, <laughs> you don't have a vote. <laughs> How do you explain uh, the fact that you know a majority of Jews uh, in Israel? adore Donald Trump, but a majority of Jews in the United States despise him? Um, first, I think that Orthodox Jews in the U.S. support Trump in, in the numbers that are 
much yeah, higher. Yeah, and in Israel, in Israel, most Jews, even secular Jews, are secular Orthodox Jews. Um, so, so if you want to compare it to the Jews in the U.S. and Jews to Israel, so you have to compare to the Orthodox Jews and not to the Reform. So you're saying the Jews the in the state are more secular. Um, ask yourself the secular people around you, the do go some. I think most and the the poll says that most people, most Jews in Israel, go to go to on Yom Kippur they go to the synagogue. The synagogue. Most I, I of them, you in the state as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most of them, even given the option, will go to an Orthodox uh, synagogue. Uh-huh. Even those who have options. Okay, so wait a minute. You were saying um, that um, the differences between Jews uh, in the States go to Reform shuls, and here in Israel they go to, you know, Orthodox shuls. I mean, simply because there, there's not much of a Reform movement, uh, you know, here in Israel compared to the States, of course, you know, number-wise. nothing. To okay, ask, your, ask, yourself, ask yourself why. But, but, um, but I'm asking you why. Ah, I think I think that the reform movement, of course, in the past, was against the Zionism. Um, after the Israel, state of Israel became into a fact, they changed some of their views. Baruch Hashem, and I'm happy for that. But but of course, the 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 connection to Israel, the connection to the religion, is is, is different. And 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 so that if you want to compare. That's that's the comparison I would look would look uh, on, but and, and I think that I think that um, you can say that the more a, a, a Jew is connected to Israel or to its religion, the more likely he to support Trump or, um, or Republican Party today than mm. the the so. So that's the comparison I would do, but um, but I have to say, I really find it hard to accept the support some Jews in the U.S. support uh, a party that some of their more loud representatives are pro BDS, against Israel, express. Anti-Semitic uh, voices against uh, against the state of Israel and against the Jews, um, and share uh, ideology with even more problematic views. If there, if there, if you can imagine, um, I, I find it hard. If you want to compare, see how the Jews in uh, Great Britain dealt with. Corbyn, successfully, I would say. Uh, of course, we can look at it. Uh, be smart after after they succeeded. Uh, for a few years, it was uh, we would say they they didn't succeed. But mm. but um, but um, I don't see this uh, um, the the power the power those powers in the. Jews that support the Democratic Party and the, this um, strong position against yeah. the anti-Semitism. I, I certainly don't see. 
unfortunately, we'll end it there. I mean, I don't see I don't see the strong position of Jews in the Republican Party taken against a a, a, a racist anti Semite president. Of course, you're not going to agree with me, but uh, that's my view that I'm allowed to say. Who espouses white supremacy and does much, much more harm than anyone on the left in the Democratic Party yeah. will ever do or well, has. We will agree, agree but to disagree. We'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. Simcha, uh, it was fascinating and very difficult <laughs> talking to you, <laughs> but uh, it's so it's so uh, great to see you. And I hope you feel like, you know, that I let you um, uh, speak your mind. Uh, I, I, first of all, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't wish any of your uh, agenda to, to come to fruition, but that's my, my view, but I do wish you in these times. And I wish this to everyone health and just be safe and uh, take care of your family and your loved ones. And I really, really, really appreciate you for, you know, thank you for taking uh, the time so late at night here to, to talk to me. Thank you very much. And it's, uh... This the the uh, we share we share the the um, hope for health and and uh, for good things happening happening to everyone um, and uh, and about ideology we'll work we'll work it out we'll work, at, work the it end, out. at the end you know everyone will agree at the end on some I hope so. Inshallah. <laughs> I'll end it with that. <laughs> bye, Sivcha. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was Simcha Rothman. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, share it with friends and family. And please consider a donation. Go to coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash otherwise occupied. I'll put the link in the show notes. Don't worry. And buy me a coffee or two or you know you get the drift it's fast and super simple and safe that's it folks see you next week bye bye